hand of praise here this evening. Amen. You know, I've always wanted to take a picture of this pulpit. Amen. This uh, quote is amazing. And I want to thank all of you for having me here this evening. I want to thank the gang team for having me. Pastor Stevon as well. Um, you know, the connection is there to, you know, my wife's grandmother, um, Irma. And now, I don't know if you guys know him because I know he's been coming a while already, but even my wife's uncle, Frank, comes. And, and I love that man. Me and him have some crazy conversations, and he's go-go for Jesus. He was here in the beginning days, and he's traveled his testimony is powerful for what happened to him in that car accident. And so I'm just blessed. You know, you know how long, he's not here, right? Yeah, he's not here. He's with my wife's grandfather watching him. Um, but you don't know, realize how long I've talked to him to come back to the outreach. And then he came back, you know, he's here. And so I'm so grateful. Um, your guys' church, whether you know it or not, is a very instrumental part of my life. Um, not only when I was young, you know, uh, you know, as far as with Pastor Steve and just the impact that he made, but also with Pastor Stevon, he's been there for me probably a lot more than he realizes. Amen. Uh, when I was dating, we were just talking about it, he gave me great counsel. When I became a gang regional, he gave me great counsel. When I bought a motorcycle for the, as a prize at a gang win retreat, he gave me great counsel. When I became a pastor, he came and he gave me great counsel. Him and Sister Chella came to our church. Um, and our church, you know, he lo they love your pastor, amen? I can literally have him come and they love hearing from him. He can rebuke the whole church and they'll receive it, amen? They just love him. He's made an impact in my life and in my church. And I'm so blessed to have a friend like him. And I have friends here, Robert, we go way back. Before there was Facebook, there was V.O. Ming, amen? And he started that and we have good friends here. And, of course, John and um, Daniel and all the ministers, amen, and everybody here, amen. Like I'm telling you, we're connected, amen. I, don't, I won't even preach if I just tell you guys everybody we're connected. So thank you, and I thank the Lord. My wife is on her way back from the retreat as well, amen. And so I'm just excited to be here. How many want to, are ready for the word of the Lord here this evening, amen? Amen. Let's all bow our heads. We're going to open the word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Father God, thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to be here, Lord God, the privilege, Lord God, to minister behind this pulpit, Lord God. But I pray that, Father God, that you would set me aside, Lord God, that every word that is spoken, Lord God, here, Lord God, will be spoken, Lord God, to minister to our young people, Lord God, and to the church, Lord God. Father God, you have raised up God's anointed now generation to make an impact in this world, Lord God, that you've called us all to be great men and women of God, Lord God. And I pray that, Father God, that tonight, Lord God, that our hearts would be open. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise, and you can be seated here this evening. Thank you, worship team. Now, I know this is a gang takeover, sir, and, and I have a huge heart for the gang. Um, as being a, like Pastor Stevenson, I've been a part of the gang in so many different ways, being a gang leader and a gang regional and other, other things that I've been able to be a part of, such, have made such an impact in my life. Now, you know, if I could be in the gang and be a gang leader for the rest of my life, I would have been. I would have been in a wheelchair just rolling with the gang, amen? But that's not what God had for me. And in our church, I love our gang ministry. You know, we have a gang ministry that's doing amazing, and, and we have a new-gen ministry. To see this two young, young new-geners, amen, bless my heart. He's right here in the front. Look at that. He's right at attention for the word, amen. And, 
it blessed my heart because I see what God is also doing in our church. And then to see the skit and to see all these different things that the gang is doing, it always blesses me. Now tonight, I have a message entitled, Stop Being Scared. Or someone say, Stop Being Scared, right? That's what I titled it, but I was trying to stay in the middle there, amen? And I remember, I used to say this a lot when I was in high school. If you remember, this is not the best movie in the world to reference, but I'll reference it anyway. Remember the movie Friday? He says, man, you, you all scared? You want to lay down? You want to take a nap? I always remember that saying about being scared. Like, if you're going to get scared, you're going to take a little nap. Why don't you lay down? I didn't want to be a person that was scared. Ever been in high school or a lot of our high schoolers here and, and junior hires? You don't want to be known as a young person or the kid that's scared. Right? Everyone's down to jump, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know. See, I would have jumped. I'm 39 now. I won't jump. We went to a pool party for our, our church to raise money for Run for Hope. And when I was standing, they got, like, the church guys convinced me to get on the second, on the high dive. I got up there, and my legs locked. I looked at the water. I looked back. The problem was I couldn't move backwards because I was stuck. My legs were locked. And little by little, the church is looking. The church is looking. I can't be that scared, pastor. So I jumped. I didn't do it again, I promise you. <laughs> and tonight, I want to talk about young people, not only young people, but as a church, we can't be a people that are scared. See, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have, reject, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, a lot of times we look at young people, and as young people, we look at ourselves as we're insignificant sometimes. And you're not. See, you look at your age, and you look at your inexperience. See, at my church, the other, not too long ago, they were stopping our young people from wanting to do things in the church. They were wanting to learn to run the sound and, and to run the media, and they were wanting to do things in the church. And they said, well, you're not old enough. You're too young. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. My son's 11. I hope you don't tell my son he can't do something in the church. Amen? And so when they said this, I said, I met with them, and I said, listen, do not tell young people that they can't do something in the church. Listen, do you realize that there are 10-year-olds on American Idol and X Factor and those that got talent that are singing songs better than Whitney Houston ever sang them? They can carry a note longer than any of us. I can't even run a mile without wanting to faint. These kids are up there, young people uh, that are changing the world. Listen, young people, you don't have no regard for boundaries. But us, we're scared sometimes. Please don't let me lose being a risk taker. Because I don't want to be ever stop being a risk taker. But young people, there's no boundaries to what you'll do. It don't even make sense, and yet you still do it. My kids in the backyard built a zip line with their crate and were ready to jump off the balcony down this zip line. Thank goodness my two-year-old son cried. I came out, and there's Chanel on the balcony getting ready to jump in the crate. I go, you jump in that crate, girl, you're grounded for the rest of your life. You'll be raised as a gang girl in your room for the rest of your life. They, they, there's no bounds to them, but yet when you get to the church, or you start to get saved, we get scared of doing things for God. 
This is a young person. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter your size. It doesn't matter your height. It doesn't matter. Any of those things do not matter because, listen, God doesn't look at that, but God looks at your heart. See, I remember being a tagger in high school. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but I'm going to explain it. You guys might call something else today. But I used to like, and young people, please don't do this. I used to like tagging on walls with spray paint. I used to like leaving that. I'm not going to go into more details. Then you're going to get some ideas, and you're going to blame it on me. What I'm saying, though, is I remember being in high school. And so me and a couple friends took off to, in the middle of the night to go. It was in the middle of a battle between this crew and another crew. And so the, the objective was whoever got their name on the walls the most throughout the city was the winner. Right? You, you can see I took that idea and did it in my church, in my city. tells me, our name, our crew will never be great if you hesitate. So stop being scared. I said, who's scared? I was just, you know, measuring the wall. I was trying to make sure. I get that. Ain't no one scared. So there we are on top of a barn with rollers writing the crew name for two hours. And it was, not that it was, it was cool then, not now. But there we are on the freeway. And you can see the barn that says the crew name atop the cross, that whole barn. Feet, feet, feet were the barn covered by a name. Listen, if you and I are going to do something great for God as a young people, then you and I cannot be scared. We can't hesitate if you and I want to do great things for God. See, when we look at things, we see it different than God does. He doesn't look at things the way that man looks at it. See, we see a problem. He sees potential. When you look at young people, you see a problem. We see potential. When you look at young people, you see a problem, but God sees potential. Listen, young person, it doesn't matter what you're going through or what you face or the size or the age that you are. God does not see that as a problem, but he sees that as potential. See, this is what I used to teach my young people and I teach my church. Young people are one of the greatest um, tools to grow our churches. Do you know that your high schooler goes to a school that has 3,000 people every day? If he witnesses to one, his mom comes, his dad comes, his sister comes, they all come. Your young people are in school every day where they see thousands upon thousands of people every day passing out flyers. Telling somebody about Jesus. Listen, young person, you're a person that can go to your school and tell people about Jesus. You can be a huge part of this church growing to a great capacity and doing greater things for God because you have the boldness to step out. Listen, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to 40, it's a very popular portion of Scripture. Says, and what more shall I say? I do not have the time to tell about Gideon and Barak, and Samson, and Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, 
and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Listen, these people had some type of struggle. Samson, that brother was in the flesh. He thought he was a player. The boy thought he had game. He had, listen, he talked to the girls, and then he just ripped gates open. Listen, when he walked through a city trying to escape, when they were chasing him, he grabbed these iron gates and ripped them off the hinges. That would be like ripping off, ripping three hummers off a wall and just throwing them. Strength and good looks. He had hair like John's hair, long hair. John came out like Jesus, the biggest Jesus I ever seen in my life. I go, Jesus lived in that cross a lot, boy. Listen, these are men that had issues. Listen, they had complexes like some of us young people have. They had insecurities. They faced moments of depression where they were sad and they were going through it. They didn't like the way they looked, but it didn't stop them from doing great things from God. This is considered the hall of faith. Listen, young person, you can become one of the greats in this ministry. Become one of the greats. Actually, I grew up not hearing a lot that I could do for the Lord. I didn't hear I was going to be a great football player. I'm not the greatest football player. I'm not the greatest. I have one move playing basketball, and everybody gets mad. Back them up, back them up, turn, drop it into the net. That's it. I can't shoot. I'm worse than Shaq. Listen, I'm just not a good athlete. I'm not a good mechanic. I put water where oil belongs. It just doesn't work for me. Listen, we're, we're not. I am who I am. But God will allow you to be great. It doesn't matter what you think you lack. God will take whatever it is that you have if you just give it to him and allow you to do great things for God. It's, it's what God wants to do with what you have to give God. We've had great men that have reached greatness, that have changed lives and impacted cities, have crusaded cities and started ministry where no one else would go. They have led and preached in the front of thousands and have begun to take continents for Jesus. Men like our founder, Pastor Sonny Sr., Pastor Ed Morales, Pastor Mitchell Peterson, Pastor Rick Alaniz, Pastor Sonny Jr., Pastor David Martinez, Pastor Saul Garcia, and Pastor Steve Pineda. These men are considered the greats in our ministry. These are the men that you look at a wall and you say, I want to do what they've done. Listen, young person, you can do what they've done and even done great, do greater. You're a generation of young people that have the intelligence and the ability and the access. Listen, they can reach thousands. Guess what? You have the ability and the intelligence to reach millions. By your YouTube, listen, how do you want to be YouTubers anyway? Preach the gospel. Do something great. Do skits like this and record them and upload them to YouTube and watch thousands of young people stop committing suicide, going from 3,000 to 2,000 to 1,000, all because of the story that you tell. Listen, young people, 
It doesn't matter. Listen, I believe God's anointed now. Now means now. I don't know how I ended up with four or five rappers in my church, but I have them. And guess what? They are going to rap until the day that they drop. They're on a concert. Right? We're getting ready to do a thing called Mudville Mashup, another concert. We just did a concert. That's their gift. That's their anointing. And God, use it and use it now. Listen, young leaders, ministers, disciples, these are your future. If no one worked with me, I wouldn't be a pastor today. If no one decided to believe in me and place, listen, when I came to this ministry is where I truly felt value in who I was. I couldn't speak. I spoke fast. You probably, you speak fast. No, you should see me then. My S is slurred. My, I, I hesitated. I was scared all the time. I'm still scared. But if no one believed in me, there'd be no way that I would do doing what God's called me to do. There'd be no way you and I, as parents and as adults, have to believe in this generation of young people. Listen, I always wanted to achieve what these great men did. But there's a question that you have to ask yourself. Am I going to hesitate? Young person, will you hesitate when they give you that microphone to testify? Will you hesitate when they give you the opportunity to preach or to evangelize? Are you going to be scared? Listen, I know what it is to be scared, to do the call of God. I've faced a scared moment, but this is what I learned. When I'm scared, just repeat yes in my brain the whole entire time. So when they ask me the question, I'll just say yes. So when Pastor Sunday said, you want to go to church? Yes, 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 yes. You want to go to UTC? Yes, 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 yes. You want to, do, you want to preach in my head? Yes, 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 yes. But the whole entire time, I'm nervous. Even before I got up here, I take a deep breath. I breathe, hoping I don't pass out before I get up there. And I go up. Because there ain't nothing wrong with being scared, but it's hesitating that's wrong. Whereas if you hesitate, you won't do anything great. Listen, there's a difference between cheering for those that are running or liking their post or even leaving a comment. Sometimes, some of us are even, we respond in, with a hating attitude. We say, well, if I was to do it, this is the way I would have did it. If I was to do it, I could have done it better, but I'm just letting him get his fame for a second. It's easy to cheer and like everyone's post and tap the little heart, and when it's live, you know, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, you hit a whole bunch of them. It's easy to do that. But then there's those that are not afraid and that won't hesitate. There's those, listen, I, to be honest with you, I, you know why I like hanging out with your pastor? It's because he's just crazy. <laughs> so then it makes, doesn't make me feel like I'm crazy. So when you got two crazies, then you just feel normal. <laughs> the rest of you are just crazy. <laughs> just, I tell him, this is what I want to do. Goes, oh, yeah, but what you should do, I said, oh, I should. There's a, there's a, listen, I'm going to say it. I wasn't going to say it because I think I don't want to say it when Pastor Stone to steal it from me. But you know what I was thinking the other day? The Sister Mitty dropped it. You know what I'm going to put in my church? In my parking, I'm going to put an electric car charging station in it. Don't take it, though. Let me do it first. <laughs> now, my wife thinks I'm crazy. But I'm thinking, I'm not. If you're united, we can't give her. You get to park there and charge your car. I'm gonna, you know what will happen is that people that have money that like electrical things will come and charge their car in my parking lot. And they're gonna get interested. 
and then they're going to come to my church, and they just might write a million-dollar check. I don't know. All because of electric car charging station. You can't be scared to do something crazy for the Lord. You young people, listen. There's a difference between cheering and getting in there and doing something about it. Don't hesitate. Listen, there's a lot of things that have taken place in my life, just like all of you. Young people, listen, parents and adults, I want you to understand something about a young person. Their life is not easy. You think, well, you don't pay bills. I give you lunch money. You don't got to pay for the Internet. We pay for it for you. But they go to a school where they're tempted with different lifestyles. They're tempted with taking drugs and drinking the syrup that they have. And they're tempted with, with you know, girls and guys and, and all sorts of things. You don't even know the half of what they're tempted with. Some of these things you don't even know. You think you have an app on your phone that looks like a Disney character and it's something completely different. You don't even know the half of what your young people go. My son was like, like in a, I don't know, the second grade or third grade, and they're already playing truth to dare or spin the bottle in the playground. I was like, boy, I didn't play that till junior high. Is it second grade? Second grade? I was like, boy, you play spin the bottle ever again. Ever. See, listen, they're, they're going through things, and they're learning things at a faster pace than we ever have. Listen, young people, listen, you don't want to get involved in all that stuff. You got to stay away from all that stuff. You say, well, it's hard. I don't want to be a loner, the only one sitting at the bench or by the, by the tree eating my lunch by myself because everyone wants to call me a Jesus freak. And listen, let them call you a Jesus freak because I promise you one day they'll be on social media asking you to counsel them. Listen, we're so busy wanting what the world wants. Young person, you have what the world wants. They want their family to have peace. They want their family to be reconciled. They want their parents to be drug-free. That's what you have. Why do you want what they have? So you can't want what the world has. You want what the world has, but you have the God and the peace and the joy. And yes, your parents are strict, and yes, whatever. But guess what? They live in your house. David faced a lot of things in his life. I'm going to try to hurry through this. David was young. David tended the sheep for his father in Judah, Judea. David then slew two beasts, a lion and a bear, when they attacked his flock. Later, God chooses and anoints David to be the future king. God then went back to his, to his life as a shepherd. David later went, later went to sue Saul by playing his harp for him and made, his, made Saul happy. He let her return back to where the armies of the Philistines and of Israel were in the battle, and David fought and slayed Goliath. Later on, after that great victory, all of a sudden, the jealousy of, of King Saul raged, and he went to take David out. David was now a fugitive and was on the run, and they tried to kill him. But yet, Saul failed time after time. David was on the run hiding in his cave of Adullam, where 400 men gathered with him there, and they viewed David as their leader. Saul continued to pursue him, continually failing. Then David heard of the death of Saul. David becomes king over Judea and heads after Hebron. Later, David becomes a king over all of Israel. Later, then David goes into a series of wars and runs all the territory. By this time, he is at the height of his glory, and then he falls. But later, 
He ends all wars and pours out his heart to God and his sons of Solomon become, his son Solomon becomes a man of peace. Listen, when you read all this, you'll read about all the great things that David did. But here's the thing, even though he fell, what was he known for? A man after God's own heart. He was young. Listen, young people, you can be young and be called by God and do something great. I, but listen, you're young people. You guys came to my city and you rocked my city. The police had never seen nothing like it in their life. My young people could have done that because they, they don't have that Bay Area like They don't care. Ride in the street, you know, get their, car, their bike as close to a cop car and then pull it back. Our young people are not going to do that. But you guys do it. Listen, you guys, you imagine the, the, the reckoning, the, the way that you could shake this city for Jesus if you just didn't care. If you didn't have no fear, if you didn't hesitate, if you weren't worried about anybody else and you came together and you just did something for Jesus. But parents and adults, will you support them? Will you back up? Listen, I jumped on a bike too. I asked John I was on a bike too. I was like, I'm trying to keep up. I didn't pop no willy. I would have popped myself right off the bike. But I was riding with them. Listen, we can't be afraid. We had to support these young people. We had to, we had to invest in them. We had to back them up. We got to encourage them. Tell them they're going to be a, a world sh a city taker, a world shaker, a history maker. That they're going to go to the UTC, that you'll sponsor them. Listen, believe in them. Believe in them. These young people have a calling upon their life. Young people, you have a calling upon your life. Listen, greatness is not a promise, but it's a covenant. It's an agreement. That God said, I have come in agreement that you will be something great. Listen, my son's 11. But I've been grooming him. And now that I'm, I'm a pastor, I'm grooming him to take my, my church one day. I'm not going to give it to somebody else. It's going to be my son. So I was dealing with his testimony the other day. Today I was dealing with him not getting hurt because I didn't let him do the floor. Because that's an expensive floor. I had to explain to him why. Listen, I talked to him about the things that he does. Because one day, that young man, I hopefully he gives me an office next to him so I can just relax. But listen, that young man one day will run the church. One day he will pastor. One day he'll do things that I never thought could be done. He blew me away the other day because... The new gen team, the new gen leaders allow the new geners to run a service. We have, a, we have a, a, a kids gang in a new gen sanctuary in our warehouse. We just built it not that long ago. And so they, the, gang, the new gen team told them, listen, you're going to run with the service. All of them were fighting to book EG, and all of them were fighting to do this. And so I saw KZ stayed home from school one day, and I went to the office. And there he is, hanging stuff. And he made a green room in the sanctuary. And he had them, and then the, the whole team got people bring food. And they had drinks afterwards. And they had a little concert. And then they had a message. And they had an offering. And I was like, man, he's 11 and put on a, a gang convention service. Lights was in there. He was, he was dad, we got to make sure we have power in there. Can you make sure the home cleans it up? I'm like, you clean it up, bro. That's your service. You clean it up. The men's home, bro. Like, listen, because I believe in them. You got to believe in them. You'll be amazed by what they'll do because greatness is their covenant. Greatness means to be an outstanding in whatever it is that you do. Listen, I don't want to do nothing less than be astounding for God. Listen, young person, you can't be nothing less than astounding for God. 
You can't be nothing less. You have to decide right now, at this time, whether you're 11, you're 15, and you're 17, you say, I decided today that I'm going to be great for God. Listen, some of you have decided other things in your life as young people. But today you got to decide something else. You got to decide to be great for God. In order to achieve true greatness, you must first understand what really, the real meaning of what greatness is. Greatness is being an outstanding young person for God. That's greatness. You know what makes all our elders great? That they were outstanding for God. They were out, whatever they did, they did it big, and they did it big for God. It didn't matter what it was. Listen, the things that we're doing today, they were already doing that. But they were doing it without, without media. And they were doing it without whatever else that was there that we had. To Listen, they were already doing it. To me, my million flyers for our church is not, it's, it's a big thing. But do we realize that Pastor Ed did 500,000 back then? You know what's that cost him? 500,000 flyers probably? There was only 600,000 people in this city. So that just makes me look like Praise God, I can follow in their footsteps. Patrick Steve Panetta did Shake in the Bay. Weeks of dramas. We think we do drama for one day. We think, oh, my God, I've done history. I'm going to tell you right now, my friend, history's already been done. They already did that. But these are men that believed in young people. These are men that, that launched young people and that believed in young people. So we must do the same thing. That whatever it is that we want these young people to be, that we must invest in that. Listen, young people, you're going to change the world. You're going to change the world. I'm just trying to do my best to set the bar as high as I can for my son. We're just trying to set the bar as high as we can for this generation. So you guys have something to, yeah, you're going to have to really work hard to exceed that. But I believe that you're going to leap, by leaps and bounds, you're going to exceed anything that we've ever done. You're going to start churches, and you're going to pioneer churches, and they're going to be bigger than we've ever have had them because you'll have the wisdom and the experience you've learned and you've watched. This young man was worshiping the Lord, and he, he learned it from someone. The worship leader, that's the way you I, I literally almost thought he was his son. He did the whole, like, boom, 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 came back. I was like, oh, that, that's the worship leader right there. That's your guys' worship leader. See, they watch. These young people watch what it is that we do. And if you pursue greatness, they'll pursue greatness. Only God knows the plans for our lives. And if we're honest, we will say at times it's disturbing not knowing the exact plans that God has for our life. It's hard not, the unknown is hard. But that's why we got to trust in God as we all stand this evening. Listen, the worship team makes their way. Listen, tonight, young people, I hope and pray that you believe that you're called to do great things. You know, as I look back at a lot of our friends, like Pastor Stevan and Danny Cruz and Pastor Cisco and, and all these guys that are now pastoring churches, you know, when I look back, I realize that we're all products of the gang. We learn what we learned, how to do what we do through See, the gang teaches us that there's no limits to what we can do. The gang teaches us to have the highest quality. The gang teaches us not to be afraid. The gang teaches us to be, live lives of exampleship and discipleship. The gang teaches us this like our ministry does. Listen, parents, 
don't punish your kids and take away gang night. Now, my son will go to gang night, but he won't go eat tacos afterwards. That's worse punishment. You can go to gang night, but I ain't giving you no money for no flaming hot Cheetos with nacho cheese because you didn't clean your room. You're not going to go do the extras. But listen, don't take away gang night. Don't take away discipleships. Don't take away those things from them because then they don't want to value it no more. They're not going to want to do it. And then when they're 16 and 17 and 18 and they're in trouble, you would have wished that you dropped them off. Listen, don't depend on your gang leaders to pick them up all the time. You take them. Because we'll take them to soccer. We'll take them to football. We'll take them to the mall, but we won't take them to gang. And you said, well, that's the gang leader's responsibility. No, it's your responsibility. I can't take my son every single time to gang night, but I try to take him most of the time. It's usually a meeting or a counseling session that prevents it, but there I am sitting in my office while my son's at gang night. You know that he has perfect attendance and rise up? Because I want my son to be great. He can't be great if he's missing gang night. He can't be great if I don't allow leaders to, to impart in his life. Listen, young people, you want to be great? Then surround yourself with greatness. Surround yourself in the presence of God. Surround yourself around your leaders. Surround yourself around your pastor. Listen, to me, your pastor, your pastor's wife, they're great. They don't, I don't, they, they're not going to stop you from doing whatever it is that God wants you. There's no limit to them, so there's going to be no limit to you. Listen, you're called to greatness. And this evening, I pray that you believe that. But I pray that you are not afraid to walk and dance on the path of greatness. Here's what I want to do this evening. As they play this song, I want to invite every young person, every young person from the age of 25 and younger. You say, well, I'm not young. Yes, you are. I'm 39, so you're young to me, amen. 25 and younger.